This episode of Country Squire Radio is brought to you by Missouri Meerschaum. We thank them for supporting this show, and we thank you for supporting them. You're listening to Country Squire Radio. Welcome to Country Squire Radio. I'm Bo. And I'm John David. JD! Hey, Bo. Good afternoon, man. Man, good afternoon to you too, sir. How are you doing today? Man, I, you know, I, I would be doing okay, but I just found out my wife's car died. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So this this happened yesterday, and, um, right? So you know, it, tonight I'm I'm thinking it it did, and you know, today um it, we it it happened yesterday. We had a pretty good idea that um that that's you know it was going to be uh, the death knell for her um her 12 year old car, and uh, today we got confirmation of that. And so you know, tonight, man, I'm just kind of feeling like you know I might go crack open one of those cans of Frog Morton that I've got left. And and go buy a really irresponsible bottle of wine and just 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 chill, <laughs> just chill, man. I you know I mean you got to do it. Actually, uh, I don't know. I, I'm feeling uh, I'm feeling like I need to treat myself a little bit because it's uh, it's been kind of a difficult couple of days. But man, we're we're trucking along, dude. We're doing we're doing pretty good. So <laughs> what's going on with your world, man? I am doing okay. You know, I had a good uh, birthday celebration with the fam. I, I uh, cooked up this 24 ounce porterhouse and uh, had that caramel cake I talked about last week. And uh, you. You know, my body was really kind of reacting in a certain way. Like, man, you you don't eat like this anymore, and I enjoyed it. But man, it was uh, the next day. I was like, oh man, that was. Uh, I'm paying <laughs> for it. Cake is, paying for it. Yeah, like <laughs> y- you really can only do it once a year. Like, there's really no justification otherwise. <laughs> at least the the porterhouse you cook that that's the entire cross section of the cow, right? That, isn't that like the you, you got like the T-bone and the filet and it's just all, it, it's right. all kind of the strip. It's all kind of tucked in there. It's just, you know, it, it, it's basically an excuse. It, it's one, it's a one word excuse of saying I just ate three steaks. Is that right? Yeah. I mean, I guess it's more like two steaks, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's uh it's definitely the steakiest steak that's out there and it is fantastic. I used one of those internal thermometers to get it like just perfect and yeah, it was a it was a fantastic. I I even tried the dry age thing overnight, which was kind of oh you told interesting. me about that. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. it was cool, but uh, did, it was delicious. You, do you do the whole thing where you um like cook it, like broil it or something, and then sear it in a in a pan, or how do you how do you do it? Yeah, so I've I've done it all kind of different ways, but for this particular one, I just uh, I just seared it first, and then uh, and then stuck you know stuck it upright. Right. So it's kind of resting on the T-bone and just kind of, you know, protruding up. And that way you don't overcook it on one side. And uh, so I did that this time around. And like I said, it turned out fantastic. Mm. I mean, I got the center cut. I'm telling you, man, like I I went all out. It was great. (laughs) It was great. Well, man, we've got a uh, we got a fun episode this week. I'm really excited to to dive in. Uh, Before we do that, though, man, you know, so we're here at the very tail end of May. Uh, You know, I know it's it's interesting because we, we kicked off the year with so many different announcements in the pipe world, the pipe community and uh, events at the shop and everything. But uh, with y'all, with y'all back up and running, I mean, like, you know, are there any events on the horizon or are we still just kind of, you know, taking it a little easy and, and kind of letting everybody find their feet? The problem is right now there's so much unknown that we, um, we have been hesitant to schedule anything. So, uh, you know, obviously we talked about uh, the Lunt to Remember, which was a big deal. We literally had people coming from all over the country uh, to our little hamlet to uh, to go hiking with a pipe, man. And we had, um, you know, a great uh, a great lineup, you know, live music and food and all kinds of awesome stuff coming, Missouri Meersham and 
um, you know, the folks from uh, Lane and Peter Stokeby. I mean, it was so anyway, we that is canceled and uh, early, you know, postponed. And then, um, you know, obviously, this is our 50th anniversary. <laughs> and so right. we, uh, you know, had a, uh, a tentative date set for which we may still uh, still shoot for, but a tentative date set for our kind of uh, uh, gala that we're going to do uh, in honor of that. And that's going to be, uh, was going to be in October. Um, but the thing is, there's just a lot of unknowns right now. We don't know, uh, you know, once these, you know, our state is starting to, you know, kind of creep back open. We're, you know, pretty, pretty open right now. I know a lot of other states are not, but, you know, once uh, these states kind of open up, are we going to see, uh, you know, a big dramatic increase in cases again? And, you know, what's the responsible thing as a business owner to, you know, encourage people to come, but also distance, social distance and masks and all this other stuff. So, I, you know, and, and how long is this going to last? Is this like a, just through the summer thing? Is this a through the end of 2020 thing? Is it, you know, um, so yeah, just a lot of unknowns, man. We're trying to um, right now just kind of feel it out and see, uh, see what direction the um, you know, the government takes and uh, kind of, you know, other other bigger organizations to kind of get our cues from. But we don't even know if there's going to be a football season. And, um, you know, in, in parts of the South, that's worse than not being able to go to church. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, um, I, I don't know. I mean, we'll, uh, and by parts, you mean all. Yes, I mean, yes, all, right, right. Unfortunately, yeah. But uh, but anyway, that's kind of where we're at. So, yeah, man. man. Oh, yeah, it makes, it makes sense, uh, man. But you know what? I, I don't think, I think the fact that we have so little housekeeping at the front, I'm sure people are rejoicing because that means we're going to be diving straight into the, the content here, man, because we've got a fun topic to talk about. Of course, all this show is made possible by our amazing patrons over at patreon.com slash countrysquireradio. Uh, if you'd like to join the Country Squire Radio International Pipe Club and help support the show in the process, learn more there, patreon.com slash countrysquireradio. And this week's topic is directly from listener feedback, man. We uh, we talked about it last week, but in one of our reviews, there was a request for a Morta discussion. Now, we referenced this at the time, but of course, Morta is a topic that we covered in the earlier days of Country Squire Radio. And uh, if you want to go back, if you are a patron, you can go back and listen to our original episode on Morta. Um, and, you know, we, we oftentimes talk about like certain topics that... You know, we, we would really love to revisit, but since we've already had an episode on it, you know, we, we if we do, if we make the choice to go back, there needs to be a reason. Like, there, it needs to be relevant to maybe something within the moment. Or, and I mean, this is, I think, probably top of mind, top of list for both of us, if it's directly asked for by by you, by the, by the listener. And so, uh, that being said, if there is a topic that we have covered before that you want us to revisit, just let us know. And uh, if we've got more to add or if it's worth taking a look back into, then that's exactly what we're going to do, just like we're doing this week with Morda. Now, this is great because the first time we talked about this, I did not have a clue <laughs> what Morda was. <laughs> I had no Morda pipes. I was going based off of very little information. And so now, you know, eight, six years later, uh, I've got more of a clue. But, yeah. but hopefully I'll still be able to answer, ask some legitimately good uh, questions. I, you know what? Let's start with this. John David... What is Morta? <laughs> well, good question. Uh, man, <laughs> Morta, uh, Morta is a uh, it is a bog oak, and uh, man, what is that? It's you know we we talk about Morta, we see um, you know these really uh, dark uh, pipes with this you know funky looking grainy uh, material that uh, you know could be. Um, it looks, looks like something terrifying, really. Uh, you know, if Batman had a pipe, uh, it might, it would probably be a Morta pipe. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, actually yeah, we yeah. should, uh, we should run with that. Maybe, maybe we could get, uh, one of our, 
uh, one of our artist friends to to work on. Bruce that, Wayne but. actually did have a pipe. Bruce Wayne uh, in the early early days of the Batman, he actually did have a pipe. Yeah, no, that's good. That's good. Um, you know, so so I, you know it, it, that that dark, uh, gnarly looking uh, aesthetic that we all know, uh, it, it is it is a bogwood. It's also known as uh, abanos or um, or morta. Morta in the pipe world is is kind of. Uh, for whatever use uses that name more often uh, than any other usage, uh, there there are other uses for morta. It's been used for uh, different kind of art, uh, you know, work and decoration mainly uh, over the uh, over the centuries. But uh, but it is a very popular medium in pipes, and and therefore has um, you know it has some longevity that uh, you know probably it would not have had if it weren't as popular for the pipe world. It kind of uh, you know. It, it, the undergirds and buffets it's uh you know demand and so they continue to harvest the stuff for that reason but the name morta is derived from the roman goddess of death <laughs> because you know you want to put your mouth on that <laughs> uh, it's uh she was the uh the cutter of the thread of life and uh and so you know just such a dark uh, gnarly ancient wood, uh, you know. I, I for whatever reason, uh, you know, the the pipe world determined, or the uh, you know woodworking world, or whatever determined to uh, you know call this uh, this material after this. And so you've got this semi petrified uh, wood. It's it's uh, typically out of oak, but can also be yew, pine, or uh, like a swamp cypress. You'll see this uh, pretty regularly, but but generally oak. And um, oak is uh, uh, you know particularly seen, uh, you know, in the places it's harvested most, which is uh, southeastern Europe and, and then France. It's also found in England and Ireland, uh, Russia and, and Ukraine, the Crimea. Uh, but most pipes are going to be made from morta that are harvested in southeastern Europe or uh, or the French uh, or, or, or France. So you see a lot of this in places like Croatia, Serbia, uh, Slovenia, uh, Bosnia, um, you know that it's kind of the uh, the Danube River, that lower basin of uh, of the Danube River. They're uh, kind of north of Greece and and Macedonia. So um, and, and and you know there's a reason that most of the Morta carvers, the people that make pipes uh, from this material, are from those areas, right? We've talked before about uh, Davrin Dinovic, and uh, boy, that's going way back, long time ago. We we talked about Davrin, and uh, we still carry his pipes at the Squire. We don't carry as many of them as we used to, but um, but you know, famed uh, famed Morta worker, and and you know, he is a a, a Croat. He's from Croatia, and um, and so you know, obviously, is going to use more local material, which makes sense, and. Um, so you see a lot of the, the artisans from those areas. Um, the, the wood, this is, you know, it's interesting. So, so, you know, we're like, okay, well, how is it different from briar? And well, you're smoking from petrified wood. Isn't that basically like a fossil? Well, kind of, yeah. You know, we think about, um, you know, the wood is, you know, typically oak. It's going to be submerged in these bogs, these kind of low-lying swampy areas. Um, and you think about like, you know, kind of the swamp, you've got silt running in and out, a lot of, uh, you know, some running water, but most of it is kind of stagnant, it's muddy, there's a lot of sediment, um, you know, and so what happens is these these logs over time, thousands of years ago, they've sunken to the bottom of these bogs, and they've, they've gotten covered and encased in this kind of muddy, silty uh, solution, and, and therefore, you know, because they're down there, they're starved of... Um, of you know any kind of nutrients and oxygen, and so uh, you know they're they're covered up by that this uh, kind of 
anaerobic, uh, you know, environment starts to develop, no air. Uh, there's, um, you know, an acidity in the water, which uh, creates its own, um, you know, complications for the wood continuing to de- decay. Um, and, and so it kind of creates this um, this vacuum, this little cocoon that the um, that the wood sits in for for literally thousands of years. It's it's really interesting when you smoke and uh, hold a mortar pipe, you're <laughs> you're smoking out of a, a a tree that you know was felled. Um, you know maybe maybe when uh, you know a um, your your favorite Egyptian you know pharaoh was on the throne or something. It's kind of amazing when you think about. Uh, and that this is something accessible to uh, to the common pipe smoker, although you know, be it they're um, relatively more expensive than um, you know than most other pipes. So um, you know, it's so interesting. You've got this uh, you know material that's been kind of wrapped in this cocoon, and it's um, you know leaching uh, out uh, its um, you know tannins throughout uh, time. Over time, the tannins are removed from the wood. Tannins are. Uh, you may have heard if you're um, a, a wine drinker, Bo. I know you drink wine sometimes, and you know a lot of time in the in the red wine world, you'll talk about tannins and how they make your mouth kind of feel uh, puckered. You know, it's uh, kind of a um, like a dry wine. You know, you you get those um, you know that that uh, you know verbiage kind of comes in there, and it's the same thing that's happening in Morta, but the Morta actually the the tannins are being removed from the material. Over time, the tannins are a molecule that bind the proteins in the wood and other, um, you know, organic substances together. And so, over time, in this kind of acidic, uh, you know, vacuum environment, uh, they're being leached out uh, through, um, you know, just the the environment that it's in. And so, um, you know, it, it just kind of fascinating. Those tannins, as they're removed, the wood com- becomes semi petrified, um, and so the wood. Uh, you know, if it kind of carried on that same trajectory uh, over time, you know, it, it, it becomes, it's, it's a piece of oak, and then uh, it becomes, um, you know, morta, and then eventually if you kind of kept it going, it would become uh, coal. You know, it would become ignite or, or coal and something, you know, that we would uh, mine and then therefore, you know, power our civilization with. So kind of kind of interesting, but... Um, but yeah, that's what Morta is, man. It, uh, you know, has just a, a really interesting, um, uh, kind of characteristic. So, um, yeah, a very long answer to your initial question. <laughs> man, no, but that's a good one. You know, actually as you're, uh, as you think about it, I mean, I love, I love kind of the, the talk of a fossil. You almost kind of imagine, you know, this, this might, you know, stir someone to an entirely new business model. I mean, think about, think about what you could find in petrified Morta, man, the, the perhaps DNA that might exist somewhere deep within those roots that, you know, the right kind of pipe smoking scientists could uh, could find and recreate through genetics and welcome, welcome to Jurassic Pipe. <laughs> Jurassic Pipe. <laughs> oh, that's so lame. Yeah, no. No, I mean, there's, you know, I don't know. Maybe, maybe there's something to that, right? You're gonna, someone's gonna drop their mortar pipe, and it'll crack open, and we'll find a piece of amber with like a, um, you know, mosquito stuck in it, and before you know it, you know, there's uh, triceratops walking through Houston, Texas, you know. So, I don't know, man. Maybe, you know, I, I, I would say crazier things, but have happened, but. Probably not. That's probably about right. <laughs> um, man, you know, over time, so you've got this, uh, you've got this, um, you know, material that's kind of a, you know, essentially turned into a stone, right? Um, and the, the, you know, tannins have been removed from it. It's very, 
uh, you know, very hard. The wood is going to change color over time. It kind of moves from uh, a golden brown, a coppery color uh, into a dark black, a jet black color. And, um, you know, and, and so that's where we get the color of Morta. And um, I've got a pipe, uh, it's a Davern pipe, um, that is actually a bicolor Morta. It's really beautiful. It's kind of a rare uh, finish on it. Uh, I guess finish is the wrong word. It's a, a, a color pattern, I guess, would be the right, uh, you know, phrase. But, you know, the, it, half of the pipe kind of has that coppery gold color, but then it uh, slowly turns into that uh, that darker uh, that darker jet black where it's gotten, um, you know, a little more exposed to the environment. So really fascinating. So, you know, the, the question is, why would we carve pipes out of something like this? <laughs> well, now, hang on. Is that the question? Because I feel like the question is always more of like, why don't we carve pipes out of something like this? There's so many well, different types. Well, it's true. That, that's a good point. It's like we've got this really cool material. It's like, oh, yeah, it reminds me of, you know, Batman and Jurassic Park. We're going to make pipes out of that, yeah. right? <laughs> well, I mean, you know, large to, large, you know for, for pipe smokers in particular, it's like, can I light this on fire without it lighting on fire? Okay, yes. You know, if it's like a flow chart, right? If yes, make a pipe. If no, find something else, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> or possibly try it well, anyway, all things considered. <laughs> You know, it's just so interesting to me in the in the family tree and the lineage of pipe smoking over history. We've come to a lot of these little forks in the road, right? It's like, okay, well, you know, the Native Americans they stuck, you know, tobacco in a in a in a tree trunk, and then it and then it started to rot, and they were like, well, let's smoke that, and then they had perique, <laughs> you know, and it's like, well, you know, folks in Syria they were like, well, let's take our uh, indigenous tobaccos here and. Uh, I don't know. We got some, you know, some camel crap here, and we'll burn that, and then you know, roast the tobacco over that, and I, let's smoke it. I don't know. Innovation is a good, collaborative right? effort, and it is always to the uh, <laughs> the boldest amongst us, uh, the most courageous amongst us, the craziest amongst us to figure out what it is that will and will not kill us. <laughs> no, that's right. That's exactly right. Uh, it's. <laughs> I've often uh, commented about whoever the, you know, whoever the brave soul was, the first person to realize you could eat a potato. Just dug something out of the grounds, thought, you know what, I'm going to try to eat this, and then <laughs> died because it was a rock. And then another guy came along and said, this rock is squishier. I'm going to try to eat this, and then determined it was awful and died. And then the next one came along and said, well, let's try roasting it. What? Seriously? And there you go, mashed potatoes. And before you know it, right, <laughs> the whole, yeah, no, I mean, it's just, it's crazy. And then they made vodka, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I know, right? We, we, we could go we left on these on. potatoes in here forever. Yeah, they're rotting. They're just like, Let's they, drink that. <laughs> exactly. Let's get old Steve in here. Steve, Steve, hey, drink this. No, no, it's, it'll be fine. All right, guys. And then boom, Steve is uh, drunk. I'll give you two shekels if you, uh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, you know, so eventually we, we did determine that pipes would be a, a, an interesting thing to uh, to make from this. And it has been, you know, more a function of the past uh, 100 years uh, that we've seen more to pipes. They're, um, you know, it's a, it's a funny question, like you said, why on earth? But, um, you know, let's think about the material that we've created. So, you know, there's... Uh, this oak has uh, fallen, uh, let's say, you know, 4,000 years ago, and it's, um, you know, gotten really hard. Uh, and, you know, we, uh, in, in the, you know, submergent environment that it's in with this lack of air and vacuum and, uh, you know, uh, flowing water and all this kind of stuff. And so, um, you know, the, 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 
wood itself is super, super hard. It's a really hard material. And the, the mineral content in the wood, because all these organics have been removed, is as much as 12% of the material. And so, I mean, you're, you're basically smoking out of a stone, right? I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a really hard material, and it's incredibly resistant to burning. It's, a, you know, we talk about the genesis of briar, and, um, you know, it's a piece of wood that you set on fire over and over to burn another plant, you know, <laughs> and so, you know, it just makes uh, this really hard, uh, you know, fossilized uh, material um, a good, uh, you know, a good media for a pipe. And so, um, you know, the, the semi-petrified, uh, you know, wood, all the nutrients have kind of uh, left that material. And so it just leaves this, um, you know, very hard substance. But what it also leaves, because those things have been, uh, you know, deleted from the, from the wood, uh, it leaves a taste-free substance. And so because, uh, you know, the stone essentially has had all the nutrients removed, um, you're going to smoke out of a pipe that doesn't impart any foreign flavor into the tobacco. And so, um, therefore, we, you know, what what other, you know, things have we talked about like that? Well, let's talk about meerschaum. Let's talk about clay. Let's talk about, um, you know, some porcelain and some of these other things that, you know, essentially don't have any of that uh, kind of vegetal, uh, you know, residue or sap or anything to impart into the tobacco. And so what what's left with Morta is that you had this very hard uh, pipe that's incredibly durable, super heat resistant, um, but then also, um, you know, leaves no uh, kind of residual taste or flavor in the tobacco. So you're smoking a very pure uh, tobacco, very pure, you know, flavor profile. You, you get the really the, the most pure flavor f- profile from the from the pipe. So very interesting. You know, the material, the, the problem with this stuff, so why don't we make more pipes out of this, right? <laughs> you, you know, you've got a, this perfect material for pipe making, and why isn't this stuff um, everywhere? Why don't, why doesn't everyone have a mortar pipe, or this has become kind of the gold standard of pipe making? And, um, and as you can imagine, this, this stuff is kind of hard to find. You know, it's a, it's a difficult to find material in good shape for the quality that, uh, is required for, uh, for pipe making. So, you know, when they, when they harvest this stuff, it's not like they just go out and, you know, dig up some muck and find a piece of wood and then bring it back home and start carving. You know, there's a whole, uh, you know, just lineage of, of, of things that they have to do in order to get it into the pipe. And at first, just finding the stuff to begin with. And it's not even as simple as uh, draining a lake or diverting a river. I mean, you literally have folks that go into these areas, they call it polling, and they literally take, you guessed it, a stick <laughs> and and shove it uh, down in the ground, sometimes as much as uh, four and five feet. Um, and, they're, and they're just literally probing in the in the mud for um, you know, for what, what it hits, you know, do you stick this uh, long pole down in the ground long enough until it hits something hard? Okay. I hit something hard. Well, let's, now let's, let's poke around that and see if that was just an isolated rock or if maybe that could be a log down there, um, that we could, uh, harvest as Morta. And so, you know, they, they poke uh, down there and find a, you know, kind of a long, maybe, um, you know, something they suspect is a, is a piece of wood. And so, all right, time to get the shovels. And, and, uh, you know, it just imagine the amount of effort that goes into, um, I don't know if, how much yard work you've done. I know you do bow, um, you know, gardening and stuff. So imagine, you know, when you're working a muddy, wet clay like soil, I mean, you're, you're pulling this stuff out, right. To get to this, you know, uh, ancient piece of wood. <laughs> and so it's, uh, it's just very hard to harvest this stuff. 
Um, and, and then once you get it, once you finally find, uh, you know, the material, uh, it's not consistent. Uh, you know, it, it, it's, um, it may have been, you know, uh, broken off in a certain area, or it may be a small, smaller piece than you thought it would be. Um, and so it's just very uh, unreliable once you even get down to the, um, you know, collection of it. It's really kind of crazy that we even try to do this kind of thing <laughs> when you think about it. Um, and then, so you've got this sloppy piece of uh, stone wood, right, that you've pulled out of your Croatian bog. And uh, <laughs> you're like, I'm going to make a pipe out of this, right? L- like you do, right? And, um, and, and so, you know, then you have to take it home and you dry it. You know, you've got this wet piece of stone and, you know, you have to carefully dry it out. It's been, you know, sitting in a vacuum environment for uh, literally thousands of years, millennia. Um, and so you've got to, you know, get this thing ready to... Um, you know, to carve into a pipe. Well, in order to do that, it has to be dried, um, and and you have to dry it extremely carefully uh, because it's it's very prone to chipping and and, and splitting. Uh, you know, it has to be dried very slowly. Um, if you if you don't, uh, you kind of and they'll even you know add water at times because maybe they think it's drying too fast kind of thing. But they'll over time they'll put it in these dark sheds, these barns, you know, uh, and just let them j- very very gradually dry. It takes a minimum of two years to dry a piece of mortar. Um, and, you know, and so that's, that's on top of going through all the effort just to pull it out of the bog. <laughs> um, it's just a lot of effort, you know, and then you think, well, why is that pipe $450? Oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, no, uh, think, think no longer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We, let's, let's clear that up for you now. Um, so, uh, it's a, it's a pretty fascinating. They, they have to dry it very slowly. Uh, again, like I said, uh, you know, occasionally adding moisture to it just to make sure it's not, uh, drying too fast. Um, they need to make sure it's consistent. Otherwise it will split. It'll actually just split like a piece of, uh, you know, dried, uh, dried timber. So, um, right. Yeah. More to, you know, it's really hard to work. This is a difficult to work, um, substance, you know, particularly if you're wanting, you know, if you're a pipe purist and you're looking for a very specific shape, um, you know, the, the material is very unforgiving. So as you work this material, uh, you just have to be incredibly careful. And it also can limit the creativity of the, of the artist. And so, you know, if just because there's not, you know, you, you may be, you may be able to get, uh, you know, it, it may be a crummy piece of briar, but you know you're going to be able to get a piece of briar. You know, you, you might be looking for like a big piece of briar, and and it might not be the best piece of briar, but you know that you know that you know there's one out there. You can get it. You can get it from some source. There's a a real there's market other roots for in that. the ground. Yeah, you know, but but with this morta, there may not be a block that you have access to that's the shape uh, you need it to be to create. You know, this pipe that you have kind of in your in your mind, you, you may literally not have access to a to a block that size, and so uh, regardless of the quality, and so uh, you know, so it limits it even from the you know the the beginning, the very conception of the pipe. Um, but then as you work the pipe, uh, you know, special care has to be taken not to chip this material. Again, you're working with that uh, stone, and so it's uh, you know it's easy to chip, uh, and and often because of that, you see. Uh, although some of it is turned on a lathe, you see a lot more sanding of this material, uh, hand sanding of the material than you do uh, lathe working because, um, you know, it, it just has to be delicately 
uh, you know, uh, worked uh, and, and shaped to get into the, the final product. So it's kind of interesting. You've got like this really hard, durable material, but it also, in a sense, it's fragile. And so as you work it, you have to really, uh, really take care of it. So, um, and, and there you go. That's why your, you know, sizes are, are limited and everything like that. So, you know, the funny thing is for the longest time, you know, especially just with, um, you know, Davenport pipes in particular, uh, Davern pipes rather, uh, you know, the, the, the size of them has always kind of like in my head, I just assumed every single pipe was just mass or every single mortar pipe was just this massive, you know, massive piece because like, you know, obviously those are, are huge. Um, and you mentioned, of course, the, the non-forgiving nature of it. So I, you know, would, would you say that there is a, a common like size or shape that most mortar carvers go to, or, you know, despite all of the, you know, the, the additional work, the, uh, the care and the, I mean, let's, let's be honest, the luck that goes into getting that kind of pipe that you're looking for. I mean, is, do you get a lot of kind of custom pieces out there? What, what, what is traditional or is traditional even a thing with Morta? Yeah, I, I would say traditional is a difficult word to use when you, when you talk about Morta because, um, the, the, you know, product itself, the media itself is so limited. It's just hard to, uh, hard to get. And so you've got small pipes, uh, that are made of mortar. You've got really big, chunky pipes that are made of mortar. We think of those Davern uh, pipes that we that we know and love. I've got two Daverns, and both of them are are basically the size of a billy club. You know, <laughs> I mean, yeah, you should have a permit to be able to carry this thing. I mean, it's just uh, they're they're gigantic. It's like a, it, it literally. I mean, one of my Daverns, the bowl is you know essentially the size of a golf driver of a, of a driver club head. Um, which is just crazy, but a beautiful pipe, but they're just really large. Um, th- there are small mortar pipes though. There are, I, I, uh, you have a mortar, don't you, Bo? Don't Do you have a, I actually have two yeah. mortar pipes. Uh, both were gifts from, uh, either from the carver or in part from the carver. And, uh, one is quite, uh, it's kind of a chimney shape and a nice, nice sized bowl with the uh, metal shank. I love that pipe. Uh, and the other one I actually haven't actually smoked yet is a, is a bamboo stem, uh, and it's much smaller. It's got kind of a little, uh, yeah, kind of a kind of a cue ball, um, you know, almost like a little like a little tiny eight ball for a bowl. And it's a beautiful pipe, absolutely gorgeous. Well, the, and there you go. So you've got you've got smaller bowl pipes that are um, that are made from morta, and they may have had you know because of that uh, just some shard of of morta that uh, you know was left over, and they were like, well, we. We can we cannot waste it and make a good pipe out of it, and so they did, you know. <laughs> um, but it because you're just limited to uh, kind of what you can get your hands on. So the material itself is uh, is just more expensive. So you know you don't really have that that uh, legacy of pipe making, right? Like the the godfather of uh, you know artisan pipe making that we know today, Sixton Iverson, Iverson you know, uh, and, and then flowing down through. Uh, you know, his, his offspring and, and their offspring, you know, th- there's just not as much um, of that in the mortar world. You know, the, the big names, uh, you know, obviously uh, you've got, um, you know, Moretti that makes a lot of mortar pipes, Davern Dinovic, uh, the, a lot of, uh, you know, your Russian and Ukrainian pipe makers, they uh, experiment with this material a little more often than uh, some others. And, and some of that's probably due to proximity to the, to the material. Um, and, uh, you know, and, and your, your American artisan carvers are starting to pick up on this stuff. You didn't used to see much Morta, 
that was carved by American artisans. But you're seeing it more and more now, uh, particularly the past probably three or four years. It feels like it's kind of starting to come online as a, um, you know, as a, as a, um, you know, medium that is, uh, you know, more, more used. So, um, yeah, so it's just, it's interesting. It's one of those things that, uh, I feel like, you know, no collection is complete without a mortar pipe. It's something that, um, you know, everyone ought to have at, at some point, just experience, particularly if they're a pipe, uh, nerd as, as we are, um, you know, but, uh, you know, you're gonna, you're gonna have to save your pennies up for them, right? You're gonna have to, uh, put back a little bit because, uh, you know, essentially you're, uh, buying a piece of not just history, but prehistory. <laughs> and, uh, you know, that's important. Uh, and, and so, but it, it's a unique experience. I know, uh, like I said, both my mortar pipes are really big and I save smoking them for, um, specific occasions. Actually, I might bust them out tonight because I think tonight, <laughs> tonight might be a long night. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a three pipe problem right there. It's a, to my, to, today's a three pipe problem. Yeah. Which, uh, my Morta, uh, is, is my, my favorite of the two Mortas that I have. It's, uh, it's probably more like a one pipe problem because one <laughs> pipe of that is equal to three pipe. I literally, the last time I smoked this pipe, I smoked it for almost two and a half hours and I just got tired. I was like, look, I'm, I want to finish this bowl, but I'm done. And I, I scraped the, you know, ashes out and stuff, you know, figuring that, you know, hopefully I was, well, surely I was close to the end. No, man, there was a third of the tobacco man. left in that bowl. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was absurd. <laughs> I was just like, I, you've got to be kidding me. So anyway, it tonight might be, uh, might be that more tonight, but, um, anyway, so more to man, uh, uh, the, um, the death goddess that we decided to, uh, to smoke out. There of. you go. <laughs> I, you know, I am, I am curious. So with, uh, just one one last question on this, and, and, and you may not know the answer to it, but you know, if if somebody was kind of a a newer carver, or they're they're you know kind of getting their teeth wet, teeth wet, cutting their teeth, that's the one. Ears wet, I don't know, cutting their teeth. That's that one. the one. <laughs> uh, they, if they're uh, getting there, they're cutting their teeth. They're trying to kind of get all this figured out. Where, where would you even go to? I mean, like to find Morta. Like, where would you even even purchase? Is there like a known? Um, you know, a company or, or something of that nature, or is it kind of, you know, you're kind of on your own until you figure it out. I would think, I would think there are brokers for the material, just like there are brokers for uh briar or any other, um, you know, high end, uh, you know, wood, or, you know, material, any kind of, um, you know, natural thing like that, that's, that's harvested. Um, you know, we talk about, uh, Mimo Briar and, and, you know, him being, uh, you know, such a great supplier of some of the best Briar in the world. And, um, you know, I'm certain there are, there are vendors like that, that specialize in this very, uh, unique, uh, material. And so, um, yeah, that's what I would think. But I, again, I don't know who those people are. Uh, never met them, probably never will, would love to, would love to have them on mic and <laughs> talk about, uh, talk about, you know, poking the mud in, uh, Southern France, uh, until you find a, a petrified log and then, you know, sitting on it two years, uh, and, and carving a pipe out of it that, you know, may or may not chip. So <laughs> sounds incredible. Well, Hey, you know, it's yep, great. That's it. You know, I love the fact that we've got a, a great episode about, uh, kind of this, this ancient, like dark, um, just hard as a fossil type of substance that's used to make a pipe that of course is brought to us by our good friends who are known for making high quality pipes out of like the exact opposite <laughs> of Morta, which is of course <laughs> our good friends at Missouri Meerschaum with their incredible corn cob pipes. That is right, man. They uh, obviously are light and uh, in color uh, generally, but also in uh, in weight. You know, it's funny though, we talk about Missouri Meerschaum 
uh, specializing in corn cob pipes. They do. That's what they're known for. That's their identity. Uh, but they have a they have a pipe series that is not quite as popular, but has been very long lasting and has quite a cult following. And that is their hardwood pipe series. We haven't really talked about the Missouri mirrors from hardwoods on air before. It's kind of interesting. And I thought this would be a good time to talk about the hardwood pipes from Missouri Meersham because we're talking about alternative, uh, you know, carving materials, uh, alternative pipe materials uh, on, you know, on the, from briar. It's like, well, you've got, you've got clay and you've got, uh, you know, uh, corn cob and you've got, you know, Meersham and uh, porcelain and, and, and Morta, but, but even, um, even Missouri Meersham, they have their hardwood pipes, which, uh, which have quite a cult following and, uh, and they're great, man. Beautiful little pipes made of maple and cherry. Uh, they're available in two colors and shapes and, uh, and both just really handy, uh, nice size pipe, uh, medium sized bowl, uh, billiards, both, and, uh, and just very, very attractive, a kind, kind of nice, warm, uh, honey color finish on those pipes. So, um, just very pretty with that elegant black stem. So you can get it from the source at corncobpipe.com. Uh, check them out and, uh, man, smoke it and, uh, man, tweet those pictures out of you smoking your, your hardwood Missouri Meerschaum pipe. We'd love to see those and, um, and tweet those back out. Absolutely. It's a great way to let the good folks at Missouri Meerschaum know we appreciate them for sponsoring this show. Pipe question of the week. All right, man. Pipe question of the week coming in this week from Jacob Dillon. Uh, JD, it's a question from JD for JD. How about that? <laughs> How about that? Uh, it says, uh, I have a pipe. Uh, it doesn't have a filter, but I want it to have a filter. It doesn't take a filter, but I want it to take a filter. Can I have a modified pipe or something of that nature? How do you filter a non-filtered pipe, John David? Yeah, you know, good question. We see this occasionally because, uh, you know, folks have determined they, you know, like filtered pipes better. Um, but they don't, you know, don't have many of them, or maybe they have a favorite shape pipe that they've had forever that they want to continue smoking, but it doesn't take a filter. And so, um, yeah, you know, a, a qualified, a, uh, you know, accomplished pipe repairman, pipe worker, um, you know, stem repairman can, can do this type of thing if there's enough room on the tenon. Um, and so we do see this occasionally. We'll uh, send our uh, pipes off to, you know, someone like uh, Reborn Pipes or uh, Tim West or uh, the uh, Norwood Pipe Repair folks. There's so many good ones out there. Um, and, uh, it, you know, just that we that we know and love and have pointed people to. And a lot of folks that are willing to answer a lot of questions about this type of thing. But, but yeah, if they have the, the room on the tenon, what they'll do sometimes is they'll drill the tenon of the stem out. Of course, if, if you're a novice, the tenon is the part uh, of the stem that sticks into the wood. It's the part that is connecting the wood and the stem there. So that little piece that sticks into the wood, they'll drill that out and then uh, replace it with something that leaves uh, either a 6 millimeter or 9 millimeter millimeter hole uh, for a uh, for a filter to fit in so it doesn't always work because there's not enough room uh, or maybe there's not enough uh, enough depth uh, within the stem in order to to do that but it can be done occasionally um, we see it probably more go the other direction where someone will have uh, a pipe that takes a filter but they don't want it to have a filter and so uh, they'll do something similar where they'll uh, you know, replace that tenon in there with, um, you know, with a, uh, you know, just a, a full, uh, you know, drilled out uh, thing where it doesn't have, uh, um, you know, the gap there for a filter. So it can be done. You'll just have to talk with, uh, you know, someone that, um, 
is more experienced in that. Cannot highly recommend enough uh, Tim West. Uh, does a great job. Um, and if you Google Tim West for pipe repair, he's, uh, he'll come up immediately. Does a, does a really good job. We've sent a lot of stuff to him uh, over the years and, um, and does great. So. All right. Well, there you go. And hey, if you've got a pipe question of the week, uh, feel free to send it in. Show at Country Squire Radio. That's, uh, again, show at CountrySquireRadio.com. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Quick, Quick fire, fire with, with the Squire. All right, man, quick fire questions, the up and down edition. Ow! Ow. <laughs> all right man so this is good this is the uh the upside down the up up down up upside down up down uh okay addition all right climbing i'm, I'm already feeling sick bring yeah. it on <laughs> if you're not dizzy yet we didn't do it right okay mm-hmm. climbing or skydiving oh wow um climbing yeah climbing yeah de- def- definitely climbing I, I don't really have any desire to jump out of a plane i really don't either like you know i, I you know, part of me kind of wishes I did because, you know, that seems like a cool thing. But at the same time, I really just do not have a death wish. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm going to go with climbing. Yeah. I Both I feel like are kind of achievements, but climbing, I think you have a little bit more of that personal satisfaction. I say that. I like climbing and I haven't gone climbing in forever, but I, but I am. Okay. <laughs> uh, all right. So climbing for me as well. Plane or submarine? I, I guess a I guess a plane, but I've never been on a submarine, and I feel like I feel like I should do that someday. So I'll have a have a better opinion. But um, yeah, from the hip, I'll go with the plane. All right, submarines freak me out. Uh, this is this is gonna die. this is really should be the the <laughs> bow is scared of edition. <laughs> There's just something about the fact like it just it speaks to the kind of claustrophobia that I have when you're like enclosed in this tube, and then outside of the tube is like you know water that can crush you at any given moment now playing you're up in the air yeah. you could just fall but for some reason i have no problem with heights but uh it's more the yeah being underwater i don't know that gets me uh <laughs> so yeah playing for me as well attic hangout or basement hangout oh this one's tough um i guess i'll go with a with a basement yeah I, you know basement you're kind of underground it feels kind of secretive and um yeah, I don't know. Maybe you got your wine cellar down there, or your tobacco cellar. I, I don't know. Yeah, I'll go with the I'll go with the basement. We don't have a lot of basements in the in Mississippi. We, our our soil doesn't uh, allow for that. So um, yeah, I'll go with the basement. That sounds like fun. Yeah, it really does not lend itself to that at all. Um, yeah, no, that's that's good. I was actually gonna say attic, but you make a good case here. I, I was um, <laughs> remember the first time that I saw a house in Mississippi that had a basement, and I, I was kind of like, oh, interesting. Um, and like, I just, in my head, like I saw like, uh, things flashing before my eyes of all those kind of quintessential, you know, uh, late eighties era movies where the kids were all in the basement with the, with the comic books and kind of became something of a, a offensive trope of geeks is that you're living in your mom's basement. But, um, yeah, yeah. I don't, I, and, and over here, we don't really have basements to live in, you know, all those, uh, all those shows were shot in places like, you know, Illinois, <laughs> So, so yeah, so um, but yeah, so I, I hear that. I'll, I'll give it. I'll give it to the basement. Interesting. Uh, and then uh, finally, monorail or subway? Uh, I'll I go with monorail. Um, you know, every time I think of a monorail, I think of Disney World. And every time I think of the monorail at Disney World, I think of the first Spanish words I ever learned, <laughs> which was "Please stand, please stand clear, clear of the, of the, door. the doors." <laughs> And I can't remember the phrase anymore, but it's something, 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 
Las Puertas. Right. Right. <laughs> isn't that isn't that great? And, and I do. I, <laughs> I have I have fond memories, so um, so yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with monorail. <laughs> That's great. There is you know that automated uh, transportation system. Please stand clear of the, of doors. the doors. Yeah, that, I bet that you know something it, something 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 something. Lost it's got to be a new <laughs> voice actor that does it now. Like surely they've updated that system. It's been so long since I've been to Disney World. I don't but. know, man. There's so many so many people that. Uh, grew up with that same. That would be a question for Brian. Brian Brian Levine. That would, would be a question. question. So Brian probably knows who the voice actor was. Then <laughs> he probably knows. Yeah, he's probably got him on speed dial. <laughs> it might be him. You know what? It definitely is not. It definitely is not. Brian has too distinctive a voice. You'd be able to pick that out pretty quick. Uh, yeah, no, monorails are great. <laughs> I I love the I love the, the the concept of monorails. I wish they were more of a thing. Um, but, uh, in some ways are great too. I, I, you know, living now in Houston, I do wish that there was a little bit more of a subway or monorail or tram type of public transit just cause you know, there's so much driving involved. Yeah. Um, yeah. Houston doesn't have a really good mass transit system there. I, I, I wish it had more. Yeah. I think it has a lot to do with the oil industry being like, nope, nope. Cars. Everybody's driving a car. <laughs> <laughs> cars we like cars everybody wants cars yeah <laughs> yeah so there you go um yeah so yeah I'm, I'm gonna go monorail as well although at this point i will take anything that uh, i don't have to drive so uh there you go that's the up up down upside down edition of quick fire questions and hey if you've got some quick fire questions send them into a show at countrysquireradio.com your thoughts your comments listener feedback all right, man. Listener feedback. We got some great listener feedback. This one, this first one is coming in from Lucky. Uh, let's see. What did Lucky have to say? This is uh, this is another one of those, uh, like, you know, I mentioned we, we've gotten we've gotten some feedback from the pipe chair or yeah, the pipe chair episode, as well as we've got kind of some late entries that I wanted to kind of throw in here as well. So uh, so what Lucky have to say? Oh, that's great. Yeah. Uh, gentlemen, it was only thanks to a pipe chair that I was able to graduate from college. Wow. I went away to university with very few things. Among them was my dad's old easy chair, a handful of pipes, and and an affect that, depending on your generation, would be described as spastic, hyper, or more recently, ADHD. <laughs> Personally, I prefer fidgety, <laughs> which is a word I actually use quite a bit. That's funny. Moving right along, he says, uh, pursuing a degree in cultural anthropology meant reading a hundred or more pages of pretty dense material a day, uh, which flew in the face of my twitchy disposition. Uh, I was able to overcome this in large part because of a combination of a chair and a giant, bold Tim West paneled church warden. Uh, that's funny. We, you know, we just mentioned Tim West uh, as a pipe repairman in our uh, in our question of the week. So uh, Tim is a is a very talented individual. Uh, moving along, he says the chair allowed me to uh, allowed me a perfectly comfortable slouch, which aligned everything <laughs> such that the bowl of the pipe rested on my sternum on a folded dish towel to protect my skin from the heat. <laughs> <laughs> Keeping the two-plus-hour bowl going regulated my breathing and gave my busy hands something to do besides hold a book and take notes. If it weren't for the combination of that chair and that pipe in that time in my life, I might never have been able to learn to earn the liberal arts degree that, to this day, I throw a dart at if I've ever had a hard day in the woodworking shop. <laughs> 
I've been laboring away since uh, in since graduating, and that's from Lucky. What a great story, Lucky. That's that's awesome. And um, man, that chair, I can just I can I don't know what you look like, but I can see an individual smoking his pipe uh, with that uh, that pipe regulating his breath while resting on his sternum on a on a towel. <laughs> yeah, well, you know we don't, we don't we didn't really go into the slouch factor of the chairs. Like like I kind of feel remiss that that never really came up before. The slouch, the slouch ability, if you will. The slouch ability, the ro- maybe rocking, you know, kind of thing. I don't know. There's just, there's a lot of import import there. Mm-hmm. Good posture is important, but at the same time, like that's just that's just too real. That's great, uh, man. We also got a uh, another uh, email in. This one's coming from Brad K. Now this uh, is kind of a, a follow up from our uh, Heroes of the Bowl that we did on Melville. Said so thanks for the Melville Heroes of the Bowl. Now that the cringe factor has subsided, the pitching out the perfectly good pipe like that, I jumped back into Melville books, loved the poem, and then I found this. Now he sent us a link to Watch City Cigar, and they have got uh, a a blend called Ahab's Comfort. Um, yeah, he says uh, he, he says he's gonna. I'm assuming that he's gonna try it. He says I'll let you know. Uh, so I'm curious about this because I was as I was kind of looking over. I mean, this is what they say. Um, uh, below the belly, let's say, hang on. There, where's the description? Here he goes. Before Captain Ahab threw his pipe over the side of the Pequod, he smoked this dark, rich English flake of sixty percent Latakia, balanced out with Turkish white burley stoved Cavendish, Red Virginia, and Perique. Beautiful sli- uh, sliced tobacco for those whose white whale is Latakia. Uh, so I got to give it to the folks at City uh, at uh, uh, City Cigar. That's a beautiful description. Watch. Watch City. Watch City Cigar. Yeah. It's a beautiful description, although that's quite the bold claim to say that this was the fictional tobacco that was smoked. I mean, again, neither of us read the book. That was evident when we discussed that when we did that episode. But I don't think they went into a specific recipe. I I could be wrong. But they may... I, I don't know. I mean, you know, I, I'm I'm not going to criticize. Yeah, I think yes, it's great. Yes, the I, maker I of se- Second I mean, Breakfast, Rivendell, and Old Toby is certainly not going to criticize. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> not at all, man. I, I love it. I love being inspired by uh, by literature. Thinking about what would this person uh, have liked to have smoked? What uh, what would you know? What would that be like? Or uh, you know, when you think of this certain place or time or human, uh, what you know, what what senses does that evoke? And how do you translate that into pipe tobacco? So. Um, Man, I watch City. I, now I want to try. It. That sounds I know. great. I feel like we have to now. But anyway, so uh, thanks so much for sending that to us, Brad. We'll uh, and let us know what you think. We'd love to hear uh, hear your thoughts on it, uh, man. And then finally, uh, let's let's go ahead. We'll do this one as well. This is from our friend Eric up in Grand Rapids. Uh, and again, this is a this is a follow up uh, of uh, from the smoking chair. So uh, what did what did Eric have to say? Uh, I love hearing from Eric. He says, "JD and Bo, ever since the smoking chair episode, a lingering thought has me somewhat disappointed with your discussion about the smoking chair. Your conversation asked the more focused question of what would be your best place to smoke. In other words, if you could add a smoking chair to any one scenario, uh, which one would it be?" While it did provoke some good conversation, I was highly anticipating to hear a conversation about the smoking chair of the nuclear family you see in the 1950-1960 print advertising uh, and in the movies. Everybody knows this story. The husband gets home after a long day of work, greets the wife and children, pets the dog, and sits down in his favorite chair to read the paper and have a pipe. Uh, I know this question has the ability to push some boundaries, and there is no subtext to me asking it. I can only imagine that other people thought about 
these advertisements when thinking about the smoking chair. Bo, you need to visit us in Grand Rapids and bring some non-aromatic tobacco. Please and thank you. <laughs> All the best. Eric Karlowski, Furniture City Pipe Society. And um, and Eric's a, Eric's a dear friend and someone that um, that I highly, highly respect. And um, it's always great to hear from him. So good, good point. You know, I mean, we didn't really, uh, you know, kind of uh, that... Uh, you know, image. I mean, we didn't really go into that as much. Well, so, you know, the funny thing is I kind of expected the majority of the emails to be, to be in that direction. And literally, I mean, even the ones that we've kind of shared after the fact, nobody really went there too much. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I, you know, I guess that is, that is true. The, um, the content was kind of list, you know, listener driven and, um, but yeah, that, I guess that's a good point. So I'm glad, I'm glad you bring it up to kind of throw into the mix, Eric. I think that's great. Yeah. Fascinating, fascinating stuff. Uh, and if, and if nothing else, and this is not a, uh, this is, this is not necessarily a slight to Eric at all, but a good example, it's like, Hey, if, if during a uh, pipe culture episode, you feel like there was something that wasn't uh, brought up, well, hey, maybe maybe next time send in your emails. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that's the great thing about those. Yeah, or, or, or like yeah. Eric did, bring it up afterwards so we can, uh, yeah, we can we can talk about it. I think that's always great. always happy to revisit. I think that's <laughs> that's great. But anyway, uh, good good uh, good email, Eric, and man, I hope you're doing uh, well up there in Grand Rapids. I you know I I don't know when I'll be able to make it back. Like we talked about at the top of the show, um, just you know the the traffic and the travel and everything has just been uh, thrown out the window. Um, and so we'll. We'll, we're kind of figuring it out as we go along, but hopefully it'll be soon. And uh, definitely, man, when I'm up yeah. there, we're going to do it up big. So, yeah, uh, guys, yep. uh, thank y'all so much for for sending in this feedback. We want to encourage you to to continue to shoot those shoot those emails over to us. Uh, you can also keep up with us throughout the week. You can follow me on Twitter. I'm at the Real Bo York. I'm at John David Cole, or you can get us at the shop at at underscore Country Squire. And of course, the show's handle is at Squire Radio. But all that information and more can be found at Country Squire Radio. Dot com. Well, John David Cole, man, we did Morta all over again. <laughs> <laughs> we did, man. We did. I think we learned more about it. You know, we uh, talking about it again after six years under our belt uh, uh, doing, um, you know, behind the mic. I think uh, I think I think we did it justice. So, um, yeah, we'll see. I, I'd love to, you know, folks uh, listen and have their own Morta pipe experiences. Send those in. We'd love to hear some listener feedback on why you like Morta, why you don't. Uh, you know, uh, the different pipes you have, maybe what your favorite artisan is that we didn't talk about. Um, those would be good things to discuss. Yeah, most definitely. You know, it's interesting. I feel like almost like I appreciate the discussion more having now had a little bit more knowledge than I did when we first talked about it too. So, you know, it's always, uh, it, you know, the, I, I don't know. I was, I was actually surprised just how much more I was able to get like gain from the discussion with with a little bit more knowledge. So hey, maybe if nothing else for for our newer listeners, maybe there is something to be said about you know always feel like you can go back and enjoy older content after you've gotten a little bit more experienced. Well, and, and and to get through it, you may need some boodles. <laughs> hey, hey, always. All right, man. Well, hey, let's go have a day. See you, brother.
BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.